0: Put statistics on this, Phil. Oh, Levitated by the human touch. Antonio's galloping forward. Here's the pass. Antonio's true Chance of four. What a goal! What a brilliant shot by Michael Antonio! Hello and welcome to another season of the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Summer is gone. August is here. And with a Winter World Cup to come, the Premier League season is kicking off bright and early this Effing Friday. Uh, joining me from the newly launched Analytics United, find them at analytics utd underscore, is Jack Elderton and Callum Goodall. Hello, folks. Good summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, very quick, busy, quick, but quick, quick
0: good. summer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, before we start, up the lionesses and a world of Jill Scott's, Beth Meads, Chloe Kelly's, and Lucy Bronzes. Um, and before we go from glory to West Ham, on our season opener, we will cover a very quick preseason notes, a little bit the transfer business, and then our thoughts on the season ahead. You know, you kind of, you're kind of classic season preview stuff. Um, well, I, I don't, I don't like to put a lot of stock into preseason, Jack. Um, so I'll give you, you can have a minute or two, and I'd, I'd be lucky if you fill it. Probably thoughts from preseason.
1: Well, I think, like you said, you don't want to give uh, too much, uh, pay too much attention to it. It's not. Usually, a very good indication of player performance or or levels or anything like that going into the season um I think the only thing sometimes you can take from it is is some tactical insight you know maybe if you see new systems being utilized um you know, that can potentially be somewhat revealing in terms of the 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 levels It was pretty poor throughout uh, it was sort of staggered through the whole um pre-season campaign really um, very sluggish um, in everything that that I saw and I must say I didn't watch all of it because it was so awful um, and dull um, that I didn't have enough interest really in, in watching all of it uh, I think I wrote in a, in a piece the other day it's, it's like taking a night all after a Sunday roast sticking West Ham <laughs> on in preseason um, so but but in terms of tactical insight i 'll just cover briefly. I think we did see more usage of a of a back five um in pre season and and there was an interview i think that the club did with uh, vladimir souffal um potentially uh well a- after the launch game but but came out this morning i think uh, where he talked about a new role playing as a wing back um, and being excited about um that position and um, the one v one duel and being able to attack more um so I think there is potentially uh, some stuff revealed in that and, and uh, it does look like uh, Moyes is, is somewhat keen and it's not surprising really uh, with Warburton coming in as well who also likes a, a, a back three or back five system um, that that might be something we look to utilise a little bit more next season and when we get onto the, the transfer stuff we'll also talk about players linked and how they look to be more suited to a back five system as well. So I think there has been some suggestions that we're going to be using that a little bit more next season but other than that, uh, very little to take from it really.
0: It's difficult, isn't it? Because you have to qualify everything by looking at who's available. We've barely seen Antonio. I don't think there was there was neither Antonio nor Skamaka for the last game. Ogbonna seems to have played more minutes for the youth teams than he has the first teams. Yep. Um, uh, there's it's been games where we've had the, the single centre-back. Of course, we've, we've signed a, a new exciting young player. So he's got injured in pre-season in the gare. Um, so he's it is, it is one of those... It's a baffling time to uh, kind of try and take too much from. But yeah, there's, there's hints and tips at possibly what what may be coming um, into onto our kind of transfer business then so far, Cal? What have you what have you thought of the, the names we brought in, and then I suppose the numerous names we've been linked to as well?
2: Yeah, I think uh, overall it's been pretty positive. I think by and large, um, you can't escape the the fact that Skamaka is one of the most exciting strikers in world football based on the numbers he was putting up last season. Um, how he fits into the system is something that raises more questions i think um and we'll discuss that later on but mm. the quality is is absolutely there uh, that 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 can't be doubted i think more generally the sort of the the caliber of player that we're being linked with i think is is really promising it's marks a step in the right direction and i think uh, a step towards much smarter recruitment mm. um we're still in classic west ham fashion being linked with about 100 different players in each position but i think that's just part of the course really i think that's probably the same for any other club as well it's just we don't follow their news as 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 regularly you know Mm. so it's it's just the transfer rumor mill that's how it works it's a whole industry like you have to try and not pay too much credence to it all um but yeah i've been i've been really excited i think i've spoke a lot about how excited i was about the arrival of hager um i think he's going to be great it's really really frustrating that he got injured in pre-season i think um it kind of puts us on the back foot a bit going into literally game week one um I'm not quite sure how long he's going to be out for. I think the last time I saw was a few months. I don't know if, if that's been confirmed. Um, but the fact our oh, £30 million centre-backs had to have surgery on his knee <laughs> before he's even played a professional ankle, minute. Ankle. Yeah, Ankle, is that what it is? Sorry. Yeah. Um, Is uh is yeah. It's not it's not great, but it does feel very West Ham. Uh, It's like we've kind of moved away and and progressed as a club in the past few seasons, but we're sort of seeing these little glimpses of the old West Ham sneaking through. I think keeping the tradition.
0: It it bodes well for because the the last player I can remember us signing from France, who got who was you know highly uh, hot potential, kind of people excited by. Um, He got he got injured in pre season. He ended up eventually on loan at Real Madrid. I don't think he wants the kind of West Ham career that Julian Faubert had, but I mean, in the end, there was quite a good trajectory. So maybe, maybe there's there's, there's a step we can skip there, and he can have a good career instead. Um, in terms of what we've got left to do, Cal, do you think we? How much do you think more do you think we need? We've still got. I, I guess it closes on the first or the thirty first of August or the first of September, even. So we've got about a month.
2: Yeah. Um, I suppose there's a difference between how much we need and how much I want and how much fans (laughs) seem to want. (laughs) There's quite a stark difference between all three. I think we probably need about three more players uh, minimum, I would say. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. central midfield uh, slash kind of 10 is is an area that we definitely look like we want to recruit in. Um, Been linked to quite a few names. Onana, obviously, Zielinski recently. Um, And I think, yeah, I'd be targeting that area as well. Left wing back clearly seems to be a position um, that we're targeting also with this long um, saga with Kostic. Um, I don't actually personally think it will happen. Um, but as Jacks mentioned, the sort of looks as though Moyes is trying to move back, I suppose, given that he's tried to play it before, um, to this three centre-back system with wing backs and try and get some creativity there, which I guess with the arrival of Skamaka kind of could make sense in in the sense that you'd just have Kostic bombarding the box with crosses, Mm. as well as Sufal, and then a six-foot-five striker, uh, just nodding him in, and Sicek as well, being freed up to get in more advanced positions. So I suppose you can see it coming together a bit. Um, I suppose with the injury of Aguil as well, maybe we're going to be in the market for another centre-back now, because we'd look to be sure, especially if Ogbon is not as close to full fitness as as we were led to believe um, earlier on in the window. Um, So I think those three would be priority targets for me um the 10 and the eight sort of interchange depending on the system we play i don't Mm. think we necessarily need two but perhaps getting an advanced eight who can also play in the 10 would would make the most sense and then i think if you could bring in another attacking player who would essentially be an alternative to lingard someone who can play across behind the striker whether that's left wing in the hole or on the right wing as well someone with that sort of versatility i think that would be great as well but i'm also conscious that there's only a certain amount of time left and a certain amount of money available so I think that would be a bonus whereas i think the other three would be priorities for me
0: as you jack i know there's been a lot and we've kind of we have popped up over the summer i'm sure some of you heard us either on our podcast or our twitter spaces what are your thoughts on the on the, the window so far and the window that we've got left uh,
1: i've been impressed with the players we've recruited so far uh, much like cal said i think the level of of the players that have come in is 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 uh, exceptionally high um in Scamacra and Aguerd, I think those are two uh, excellent transfers, uh, players that are well suited to us, um, good ages, um, good level of experience, um, and capable of making an impact very quickly on the first team, which is what Moise has spoken about a lot, wanting to bring players in to improve the first eleven. I think with those two, um that's clear. I think Ariola was a pretty simple one after last season. Forget him, uh, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, just having a, a long-term solution and goal is, is, is a nice thing to have going forward with, you know, I think there's a lot of people calling for, for, for him to come in this season. I'll, I'll probably be with that. Um But it's not a huge concern for me. I just, the fact that we've got someone at, of his level, about. um, Available to take in on that mm. role going forward after after Fabianski um, retires uh, is, is perfect and then uh, Downs is, is another really good one I just think in terms of covering that homegrown slot and having someone in there who's a uh, who's at a good level uh, really high ceiling done exceptionally well in the championship has um, got you know him gained himself a lot of fans really for his work in the Championship with, with Swansea and I think is well suited uh, not just to replace Declan Rice in the way that we often play um, but then also to provide that flexibility of when we really want someone who's capable of retaining the ball with, with total consistency and um, in that deeper midfield area, then he'd be a good option for us in those games. Obviously, that was something that Noble provided, albeit with without much sort of um, athleticism uh, in the last few years. Uh, it's just a very neat replacement there and potentially someone that might be able to go on and replace Rice at the point that he does move on. So I think those transfers so far all really impressive. I'd be really pleased um, with all of them. I have been disappointed that we've taken quite so long to sort out the left-back slash left-wing-back Conundrum. Um, I'm happy that the club know who they want to recruit. It's very clearly Philip Kostic. Um, I think it's good uh, that there's some joined up thinking there and, and, and they're pushing really hard to get that primary, uh, option in. My concern maybe with it is that Kostic is, is, is very much a, a, a more attacking player. Um, and to me although we definitely need that uh, flexibility of moving to a back five this is something i spoke about um towards the end of last season and, and- I think before mm. as well is that I'm, I'm quite disappointed that we've landed ourselves in a situation where we had to kind of replace both Arthur Masuaki and Aaron Cresswell at the same time. Yeah, I would have really liked us to make one of those moves last season to have put ourselves in a position where we had the left wing back last season. So now we could be recruiting a left back to play alongside Cresswell and take over uh, in the following season. It's almost really as if you kind of want to buy two left backs in this window, but then you'd be overstaffed. So we're going to be short in one sense. We're either going to have, someone uh, like Kostic and then be a little bit shorter left back or have a left back, um, a more um, typical left back, more defensive left back, and then be a little bit short, well, very short in the, in the left wing back position Mm. in terms of being able to play back five. It's a little bit disappointed with that. Um, but aside from that, pleased. And, uh, like Cal said, I agree in terms of the players we still have to recruit. I'd like a, a 10. Um, I've, I've wanted a 10 for ages. And I know people think we've got loads of 10s, but I think they're quite similar. And uh, I, I think we've really missed that Jesse Lingard profile. And Vlasic obviously hasn't, uh, Done the job or been trusted to, to, to get the minutes to do the job, whichever way you look at it. It's just not worked so far. Uh, so I think that's a profile we really need. And then, yeah, I do think we need another body in that midfield area. And, uh, Anana, I mean, the, by the looks of it, looking at recruiting someone very similar to Sucho. So, um, so yeah, no, I think there's still loads of time left. I'm still very positive about the window. Um, and like Cal, I think three more players, um, would be enough, really.
0: Does it, does it look to you like we've, there's been a shift in thinking from the time lingard 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 something obviously we didn't get lingard and it's it feels like suddenly a five at the back system seems really at the forefront of the thinking do you think those two things are linked at all or do you think that's just that weirdly that west ham seem to do their business one at a time in a very specific order
1: uh, they, i suppose they could be linked but we'll we'll, we'll never really know no. whether 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 you know, that's the decision process that's happened, uh, behind the scenes there. I do think we, it's pretty clear that we've tried or Moise has tried to embed this 523 system or 343 system, um, over the course of the last season and, and, and to try and recapture some of the, uh, success we had with that when he, uh, first came back and, and um, at that point, actually, Maswalki was, really very good for us in in the left wing back position was one of the standout performers in the, in the first period of of that season before he had knee surgery, um, to, but I think he was just playing with pain, right. And then he had knee surgery to, to, to resolve that. He had some sort of floating bone in his knee. Um, and since then it just hasn't looked even remotely close to being the same player, um, so I, you know, it's been pretty clear to me that he's wanted to to go back to that system. And I think it was pretty obvious. I mean, I wrote at the end of the last season, one of the big things I, I I was commenting on on Twitter is we have to review the back five thing uh, over the summer and address it through recruitment because we just do not have the players to be able to execute yeah. it successfully. Um, so I'm not surprised that we're recruiting to, to improve that system. Uh, where I would potentially go with what you're saying is I'm not necessarily sure it would have been a primary system um, and it seems that since the Lingard transfer hasn't come off, that the faith in that four-two-three-one as the primary option may have diminished somewhat, and we've looked maybe more towards the the back five system as being the primary system for for the coming season.
0: Okay, I, I think we'll we'll turn to that when we look more at what we think will happen during the season. But we'll go on to um or players. We've we'll gone to Skamaka. What do you think Scamacca is going to bring then, Cal, in, in, individually? What's his what's his game like? What, what have you noticed from his numbers that you're expecting to see? Maybe comparatively to what we've had as well.
2: He's going to bring fun, that's for sure. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> but I, that's... I mean, I mean, someone, asked, someone asked me on the forum a while back, what, what, what did Jack, Jack and Cal think of went, Well, Cal pretty much said he's going to bring vibes and I'm all for yeah. that. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty much um yeah no he's i think the main takeaway from from the video i've watched and also from sort of the data when you plot shot maps and stuff is that the guy shoots from anywhere like his shot map is crazy um and it kind of is fine because quite often he at least hits the target like just under 50 percent of his shots hit the target which considering i would i've not looked at his average shot distance but i would expect that it's outside of the box um so it's kind of like I can half of me's like I can see Moyes getting really frustrated if he just keeps spanking him from 30 yards but then also if a certain percentage of them are going in I think his conversion rate is 21% which is higher than Mbappe's I mean it's obviously an <laughs> arbitrary comparison yes. but his conversion rate is better than Mbappe's and only point three percent worse than Benzema's so we've got a, we've got a clinical finisher on our hands that is for sure um like the the numbers don't lie in that respect and I think one thing you have to always be wary of when you sign um an informed striker. Uh, um, this is something we've talked about before, but um, clubs content to try and cash in on what what is deemed to be a purple patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boulardia was the one last summer. Um, and that's not really worked out for him over there. I think he's had a few patches of form. But Skamaka's Move outperformed. To he's been cut oh, he? from oh, the VRL squad. So it really didn't work. Um, but Skamaka has outperformed his expected goal return two seasons in a row now. So. He's more of a sort of actual outlier in terms of the sense that he just is a very, very good finisher rather than just hitting a good run or something like that. Mm. Um, and he's, his overperformance has also improved year on year. So he, he overperformed it marginally at Genoa, I believe it was. And then at um, Sassuolo he outperformed it. I think he scored five more goals than he was expected to last season. Um, which when you think about where he's smacking it in from is, is, is even more impressive. Um, obviously the other, the other obvious thing is the fact that he is six foot five think he ranks in the 95th percentile for aerials one, um, which is impressive. But when you're six foot five, if you, if you weren't in the top 10% of a uh, aerially dominant attackers, I think that'd be something that uh, to be worried about there. So you can see his utility in that respect. I mean, Moyes with a six foot five striker and the likes of Bowen and Cresswell and Fournals on yeah. on set pieces is, is pretty uh, terrifying, especially when you consider we've also brought in Agar when he's fit, who who was one of the most dominant aerial centre backs in, in Europe last season, uh, and then Suchek, who seems to have hit a bit of form again. Uh, obviously, we don't put too much on pre season, mm. but it does he's seem like fresh, doesn't he? he? Be looking better, yeah. And um, he'll
0: he'll be one who won't be playing in the Winter World Cup as well, so probably exactly won't that. have the miles in his legs.
2: Yeah, him and uh, Sufal, which I think is he's going to be another one. He's really important um, this season, I think. Uh, especially if we play that wing back system, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a great attacking output, and I can see us getting getting the best out of that this season now that he's back to full fitness. Um, so yeah, I think Skomaka he's a really exciting one. He's also just bizarrely, I think Jack's more suited to talking about the tactical fit. But another mm-hmm. thing I've noticed is that for someone who's six foot five, he really doesn't have a problem with coming in deep and picking up the ball sometimes at the halfway line. I think. It, one, say it. When I, say the
0: words. There's a sentence <laughs> no, you're going to say. Say the words. I'm not saying
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> You have to say it for you, have to say it ha- you just have
1: to. For
2: oh, a big man. Yeah, for a big man. For a big man. Yes, very true. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that. So I guess the presumption uh, people presume with with tall strikers, especially freakishly tall strikers like that, that they'll kind of just linger around the box uh, and, and get on the end of things. But only 5% of his touches actually came in the sort of centre of the penalty box last season compared to something like 25% which were in the two zones outside the penalty box but in the central channel so that's that was something that I was really surprised by when I first saw the data and then I watched it and I think Jack's um, we've got a piece coming out on Analytics United soon that that describes this in much more detail but sort of his tendency to come in and then play in on running attackers uh, in behind so I can see how he could potentially bring the best out of Bowen and, and then also if we play this 3-4-3 three, three, and if we ever get a front line of bow and antonio and skamaka which i just think would be amazingly fun to watch you, you could i can quite quite um, realistically see antonio and Bowen and just getting in behind and skamaka and and nows for example pinging balls in and it could be fun i don't know if it'd be effective but it certainly would be fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm never going to turn down fun it's been interesting uh looking at Scumacca, and obviously I've, I've kind of only really seen videos and stuff and you're talking to people and it's it's interesting describing him as a player who needs runners beyond him. And everyone's saying, well, any, every single solo striker needs runners. There's so no, no striker who's looking and thinking, I don't want a runner beyond me, actually. i love have you all 30 yards back and let me do it alone. But he, he's different in the way he plays to Antonio, isn't he? T- Antonio feels to me more like he's a hold up, bring it in and getting people around him. So, looks like he's very he's very happy to do flicks and tricks and kind of move on and touch and go, Jack.
1: Yeah, precisely. I think also it's important to say with Antonio that he's quite happy, um, dragging the team up the pitch himself. So Mm. making those runs into the channels and, and, and receiving those, you know, almost lost cause type, you know, balls forward just into those spaces in behind the center backs and, and trying to drag the team forward that way. Um, and sometimes that's why we can get away with being quite so deep. Uh, because Antonio will be able to drag us up the pitch, hold on to the ball or hold off a player and allow that time for 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 Bowen and Suchek to, to get up yeah. um, with play. Uh Skamaka is 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 a very different type to that. Um someone who, like Cal said really, I mean, he does drop it's not that he likes to drop deep that is his MO really. He prefers yeah. to 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 have that one or two yards gap between him and the centre-backs. He doesn't want to be, you know, Antonio always wanted to get his body in and be close uh, and use his physicality. Whereas Skamaka wants to take those one or two steps away from the centre-back, um, receive the ball a little bit deeper. He likes, you know, for, even though he's huge and, and good in the air, he prefers to bring it down on his chest um, and then pull one of the centre-backs out towards him. And then when those runners go beyond, that's when he really likes to either play a pass, um he, Prefers generally from what I've seen to play it, um, to his left, uh, which would be to our right sides as it's coming forward. Mm-hmm. Um, either a pass backwards or he does also really like just those sort of chest and then back heel the ball, mm-hmm. uh, directly into the space that's, you know, hopefully theoretically opened yes. up behind him with one of the center backs coming out to, to press him. Uh, he had a really, really good relationship with Domenico Berardi, who I'm sure people will be aware of from, from the Euros. Um, uh, at Sassuolo, um, with Berardi being very capable at going beyond, but also very capable at coming across into the inside space uh, and receiving those passes backwards. Um, and then pinging the ball, uh, forwards. Um, and one of the things that Sassuolo did a lot, uh, last season was having a, a number 10 who can then advance beyond, uh, Skamaka. So the, the rotation between the number 10 and striker positions happening very, very frequently. Um, and the sort of oscillation of who the threat in terms of making those runs in behind, uh, is causing up, op- uh, issues for opposition defenses in terms of who do we track? Um, mm-hmm. do we drop off? Do we go with? Um, and those questions have, Uh, you know, the, 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 the more the opposition defense is questioning that, the more success someone like Skamaka is going to have. The other thing to say is he's not slow. Um, you know, he, he's, he's very big and he's got obviously a lot to lug around being that big, but he's (laughs) incredibly quick, um, for, for his size and, dropping the ball back, he's not going to be stuck out of the attack at that point. He will play that pass, spin and then sprint uh, towards the box. And he does pick up a lot of chances in that six yard box area with balls that then come across into uh, either low crosses or, or, or high crosses where he can bring it again this is the kind of thing that can sometimes be a little bit counterintuitive with Skamaka because I know like Cal was saying you've got all these big players and you know Kostic potentially being a target and this idea of just sort of whipping the ball in from wide and you know we know that's part of Moises' mo and you know, all these jokes about Moise and crossing and yeah. um and Skamaka being a perfect player for that it doesn't actually score that many headers um and I think what you'll see more is instead of Skamaka rising to 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 head the ball in, you're much more likely to see him again. Um, chesting the ball chest, yeah. down and, and, and finding somewhere else or, 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 or finding someone else or shooting on the chest um, and on volley. the spin. Chest He's and volley got a few is.
2: Just, in his locker.
1: Yeah, I'm sure lots of people will have seen, uh, the chest volley. I'm not sure. I can't, I think it was against Napoli in a 3-1, uh, loss where he, he, he took the ball down on his chest and just on, on the turn smashed it. I mean, and the speed with which he hits his shots I and mean, unbelievable power he gets on his shots. Um, so for all those reasons quite exciting nice to have a different option different type uh so Antonio we talked a lot on this podcast about recruiting someone who could replicate uh, Antonio's abilities mm. because we had so many other issues to solve with the 4231 yeah. that there just wasn't uh i don't know enough money to be able to sign a new type of striker and so solve all those other issues yeah. with the 4231 uh, and potentially that's why we're seeing the change in formation. We've signed that other type of striker. So now we need to, to change our system slightly to, to, to allow us to get the best out of him. But you'd hope that he can generate a, a really positive relationship with Bowen, like he had with, uh, Berardi, And you'd hope, um, that we're able to get enough service into him. My main concern right now is that if we do go back to the four-two-three-one more regularly, who is that player going beyond him? When he drops in, mm-hmm. who is that player attacking the central space beyond him? I know Bowen's going to be making the run off the, off that right flank, but who's going to be coming from the midfield and making mm-hmm. that run beyond to make sure that, that he can't be crowded out by the, by the centre-backs just rushing mm-hmm. up um, and, and being able to shut things down
0: early. Um, actually, I was, was, was going to say what, We've, 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 had, we've bought a striker before who's had a, a, maybe a year or a couple of years having a really good time and famously linked to two players who kind of gathered a reputation as well. If I remember when Aller came in, there was, it was Jovic and I can't remember the other guy's name, but it doesn't sound dissimilar to Skamaka, Baradi, Raspadori. Is there, and actually whilst I'm here, all of our best wishes to Seb Haller in his um, recovery from the sickly cancer as well. Um, but is there, is there anything that, you could say to kind of squash the worries that this is, and every West Ham's going to have fans going to have. And we've signed an expensive striker, thus we're all worried about it, as the way we are. Um, to kind of quash those those fears is is different, isn't it? He?
1: he is different. I mean, one of the big problems with with Allaire was that he just he just didn't really ha- I mean, he didn't show it in the premier league certainly didn't have the mm-hmm. mobility that when he did make those passes to then hit the box yeah. after that we often found that with ale that he would make that pass and then when the move progressed beyond him he wasn't able to catch up in time to be in the box to 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 receive um the chances um I think with Skomaka, he's he's it's just a those things a little bit quicker. You know, mm. Alè had a very similar uh, mo in terms of dropping and allowing those players to go beyond, but had that languid style, uh, and yeah. that's not really Skimaka's, um game. I think he's much more, um, I don't know what's the word, uh, much more intense style um, of play, and I think uh, he'll he'll be really well loved um for for the reason that 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 cal led on really in terms of him bringing vibes um you know that 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 combination of sort of outrageous
0: like me and i'm 33 (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, yes sorry everyone i'm I'm 72 at heart um but no he'll he'll bring all these kind of flicks tricks and outrageous skills and stuff and try things and i think um you know that's that's a, that's a type of player that fans love at, at West Ham. And I think the interesting thing really for me right now, alongside who's that central player going beyond him, is the question of how does Moyes handle a player who is just going to shoot? Because yes. it's been really difficult drilled into the squad. Do He's not- a
0: disciplined manager, isn't it's, it? He's a disciplined manager. It's
1: such a clear uh, sort of diatribe of, 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 of Moyes' management that you do not shoot from outside the box. And you, you've seen West Ham's average shot distance come down and down and down under Moyes. So the XG per shot is really high. So when you generate mm. chances, you expect to score. Uh, and you throw someone like Skamaka in there who is a little bit of a maverick type and who I don't think will be that interested in in where <laughs> you shoot from. I think he'll just want to shoot. I mean, in his interview, the first interview with the club, and that wonderful feature, um, that Gazetta um, feature with uh, James Richardson yeah. um, and James Richardson said to him, you know, what can what can you say to West Ham fans that may not be aware of you in terms of what's your style? What do you like to do on the pitch? There was just this sort of couple of seconds pause and then he turned and looked up and went, Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and James sort of tried to get him to expand on that and he just went shooting <laughs> and that was it he didn't want to say anything more so I think it just maybe that will be a little bit interesting how Skamaka will handle probably being criticised because I expect he will be for taking those shots from distance and how Moyes Moyes will deal with probably having someone that's not going to be that interested in adjusting that, that side of their game
0: it's going to be a fascinating story of the season, I suppose. I'm sure we will see some spinning round, turning to the bench in anger as Skamaka smashes one 30 yards wide and David Moyes is already desperate to sub him off within five minutes. <laughs> um, moving on then, I'm going to say Pieter Zielinski, um, and because I have no idea. Um, what, what what do we see in him, Cal? What Cal? What, what's, what's coming up in the numbers that you think is dragging David Moyes, Rob Newman and the rest to chase Napoli's Polish midfielder?
2: Um, I think, so, if if you've listened to the pod last season, uh, particularly at the end, we, we highlighted quite frequently uh, the weaknesses uh, in the system when Suchek plays in the right-sided eight role, uh, notably his lack of progressive ability, basically. And yeah. you can shorten that down to his inability to pass forward, pretty much. Uh, it sounds really harsh, but compared to other number eights, yeah. that's not what he offers. His strength is his positioning, his ability to read the game, break up play, which is great and is very useful against certain opposition. But when you're going up against a Norwich or a Burnley last season uh, who we failed to beat on both accounts because they sit off and, ex- and want you to play through them, Suchek is not the guy that can do that. He's, mm. he's much better against better opposition, really, where he, you need someone who can who can break play up. So I think Zielinski is in in some ways could fill that. But my concern is that he's, played more as a 10 than an 8 so he has that passing ability I mean his numbers in terms of progressive passing and passing in general are are way way better than than Suchek's I think his pass completion is about 10% better um but then when it comes to progressive passing and passing to the final third I think it's about nearly 20% improvement um as well as more frequent as well um so what What,
0: what, what about in that 10 role if we've got that gap there is he a player capable of doing that
2: yeah, I mean, that's where he's excelled. Yeah. But okay. I think the reason from what I can tell that we've possibly chosen him as a target is that he probably has the versatility to oh, play okay. as the 10 in the 4 3 one against any opposition and then could also do the job of playing in the oh, right-sided yeah. eight role alongside Rice uh, against weaker opposition. Yes. Because he, what he doesn't offer defensively that Suchek does in games against weaker opposition, he won't need to offer that defensive mm. stability. So therefore we can sort of have someone a kind uh, of more of a shot creator does almost.
0: that does that make him a more effective option there than Lanzini
2: I think so just because his uh, Lanzini obviously exceptional in terms of his pass completion and security and possession but I think Zielinski from what I've seen I think and that kind of comes with playing in that 10 role at, at a side like Napoli is that he seems to have more of an incisive eye for like the killer ball if that makes mm. sense like Lanzini's yeah. really accurate and his his uh decisions on who to pass to and stuff are always good but they're always kind of safe whereas yeah. from the footage I have seen admittedly it's quite limited but from the footage I have seen of Zielinski, he's more of a sort of through ball, key pass, second assist kind of guy, whereas mm. Lanzini's is more of a, I don't know, fourth or third assist type guy that's more involved in the build-up early on rather than trying to play yeah. the killer ball, whether that's the killer ball through to the striker who then finishes or the killer ball through to Sufal on the overlap who then mm. cuts it across into the box, who then scores. So I think from what I've seen, that's that's why I think we'd be targeting him. I don't, I don't know what Jack thinks in terms of his tactical fit. Uh, well, I think you're kind of uh hitting the nail on the head in terms of the Lanzini comparison
1: because I think it's it's a it's a it's an up, sort of quite light for light but an upgrade, you know. Um I think the idea really is Lanzini's done a lot of his best work recently deeper in the side. I think mm. you know we've seen most of his best stuff happening when he's dropping into the build-up phase um and he's the player who can who can break a press or can be comfortable under pressure um and and find those passes through the lines. But when it comes to adding threat around the box um, and in the box, actually, um, I don't really think we've seen that much, especially in the second half of last season from Lanzini. It was really, really little, uh, box threat. I mean, I, I think he took something like, I, I can't remember what the numbers were. I did a, I did a post on this right at the end of last season. It was something ridiculously low, like four shots, um, across the whole of the, the second half of last season. So, having someone in that position who can offer the same kind of, uh, not necessarily to the same degree as Anzini, but the same kind of... Um- confidence in ball retention, but maybe add a little bit more around the box and potentially yeah. get into the box and score a couple of goals. Um, then I think he's just in, maybe an upgrade on, on that slot. Um, and it's, it's needed, isn't it? Really? I think we, 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 we need to, that's, the, but that's kind of the problem heading into this window. That's one of the concerns heading into this window. And that's where, where I sort of started a little bit earlier talking about having too much to do is there's just, just a few too many positions where you feel like you could go just up a one step. And and we need to to be able to maintain mm. that top eight position, but you can't really do that across the board in one window. There's just too many positions where we've needed to do
0: that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I, and also, I can't really. It strikes me as a player who would have a specific role if he were going to the four two three one or the four three three, but he doesn't sound like he has the role if we're changing to the three four three five at the back type system.
1: I can't see him being used alongside Rice in a in a back 5 system I think really in in that system particularly I mean we'll get onto it in in, uh, in a bit but because of the how stretched the midfield becomes because of the way that we we play that mm. system um I just you, you need the legs of yeah. of, of Sucek in there just to be able to have a chance um of 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 keeping that midfield I was going to say keeping that midfield tight but it's not so give, <laughs> vaguely keeping an idea that the midfield might be somewhat compact making
0: it's... sure it's not an empty plastic bag with a hole at the bottom
1: <laughs> well, I, to be honest when, when we get on to talking about this I might be saying that but I think you you need to check in there to have any hope of it not being like Nuno's midfield at Spurs, yeah. uh, which is just like that. You know, uh, yeah, just this huge gap in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. I think if you put Zielinski in there, you just wouldn't have the same kind of running and 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 those players because of the way that we play that five two three or three four three just need to have ridiculous legs, and I don't think that's necessarily his his primary strength.
0: No, it's not exactly. It doesn't, he doesn't strike him as a player who you would then play off the left, which is, I guess, the the space in a 3-4-3 that you might say he could fit into because he wouldn't have to do as much of the running. But he doesn't seem like a 4 nows type who's quite happy to go in and out and do all that fucking work that the, he does. No, but what he maybe does seem like is a system that uh, Warburton used a lot
1: at QPR is, uh, is maybe the 3-5-2 player. A okay. uh, player you could play in that 10 slot mm. behind maybe Antonio and Scamacca. In a three-five-two, obviously, then the big question is what happens to Jared Bowen. Yeah. But if we want to use that system, and maybe it's a—I mean, I think maybe in a way because of because of the because of how we've operated over the last two seasons, and it's very much been three-four-three, four-two-three-one. Four, three, those are the two ways we play. Um, we're we're a little bit um shy of kind of exploring all of these different options, but maybe that's more what we're seeing from a recruitment peer, uh, point of view. Because I think, uh you know. Even, even when we did the last space, we were sort of talking about how do these players fit together? But maybe that, that is part of what we're doing is trying to diversify the options so that we can play several different systems uh, rather uh, than I being spe- so wedded f- to one or two
0: the thing we're doing that we're not used to doing is actually we might have reached a level where we're good enough to have players who are very good who don't always play, <laughs> which we're not used to. We're not used to having a team. We're basically used to having kind of a, a close to 10 players you know are going to play most games yeah. because yeah. they're the good players. Uh, left backs then, and we've kind of t- touched on it there. Um, it, God, you've, how, how big is your shortlist on left backs now, Cal? Because you've been given four or five years to make it. <laughs> Some of them are probably dead by now, are they? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I think we've got it I think we've got it down to ten, Jack, is that right? We've got a piece coming out soon. Like that. Good covering ten or so left backs. Um yeah, I mean just to say I mean I guess the obvious other bit we didn't touch on is whether Kostic could play left back and I just want to say that I would not want to see that at all. Uh so <laughs> just wanna clear that one up. Kostic in a back four is, is nightmare-worthy. Um, I just don't see... Although I was surprised that he ranked in the 86th percentile for defensive dual success, but I think it's probably because he participated in about 0.5 jewels per 90.
0: So. <laughs> Would you rather he was there than Maswaku? <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> to be fair, that's a very tricky question. I, after what we saw of Maswaku in a back four on the on the few occasions that we did, I think Kostic probably comes up trumps, to be honest, which seems half on, h- harsh on Arthur after he's left, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I
0: we're close. We are. It looks like we are very close to a goodbye to to our king Arthur off to as, as we discussed yeah. in the, the pre pod meeting. Pretty much the the most football manager obvious summer transfer kind of almost you you predict it, figure well it'll never happen because it's, it just seems like a silly vibes transfer. But sometimes life blesses us with that. Uh, do we do we we need a proper proper left back, don't we? We still we need that regardless of even what we do with the system change. We we surely need a proper proper left back.
2: I think so yeah i mean i suppose if we commit to this 3-4-3 system then it's marginally less urgent than if than if we carry on with the 4-2-3-1 system um but that's only because you you obviously have the the wingback system then if you bring in Kostic then you're going to stick and play that as often as you can because you've Mm. spent whatever amount of money and i think some some of the wages i saw reported for are above hundreds of thousands so i you obviously play that system when you spend that amount of money. So it makes it less urgent. But I think if we're going to talk about having the flexibility to play multiple shapes and also if we're going to move towards a sort of more forward planning sort of sustainability model of recruitment, Mm -hmm. then I think you should be looking to bring in that left back now, like Jack said, to bed him in. We would have liked to have seen him come in last summer. So we didn't have this problem now. We've kind of landed ourselves in a, which is always an awkward position where you have to recruit more than five or so players because not only is it sort of you're still struggling to work out your best starting 11 but you're also disrupting the dressing room that's been really tightly knit for for ages and trying to bed in a bunch of new personalities and that sort of overhaul can can really have um detrimental effects on the squad I don't I, I hope it won't because I think one thing that Moyes and Nolan and Nevin and everyone have proven is that they're really good at managing the dressing room and and creating that dynamic so I think that'll be fine but yeah I yeah. think I would still be in the market for a left back. Um I mean if I was in charge I probably just wouldn't bother with the the wing back system. I'd just stick to the 4231. Um just cuz I think if we really invested in improving it then I don't then I think we could have quite easily fixed the problems that were in the 4231. I think the system's done us really well. I get that we it's good to have a plan B, but the signs suggest that this is going to become our plan A and I don't think ditching the 4231 entirely is plan A. Is, is the route that I'd go down, given that it got us to the semi final of the Europa League. And if we therefore improved it, you'd, you'd like to think that if you fix the issues, it would only serve us even better. But I also get that there was a level of stagnation. So I can see why you'd take the other road.
0: I just, just suddenly realized if you get you, Fredericks and Mas, uh, Maswalker going in a window where we then decided that we yeah. were going to change to a wing back system, exactly. it would be quite West Ham as well, leaving us with yeah. only Ashby as basically the only player who's capable of covering on a wing back and wouldn't be able to do it on the left so we've we've, we've talked about systems and we talked about kind of what we've had weaknesses and we've talked about almost we've always been kind of chasing the weaknesses we've got in our team um and you said we we still have weaknesses that are exposed even in this five at the back system so whether then if the new players come in that they don't solve all those issues do they what what, what are we lacking still to make that work
1: i think it's funny i think um You know, you mentioned it earlier about throwing, it's a bit of a strange thing to throw out the back four system for a back five system that didn't work I talk, you know, like we had a back four system that got us to the semi-final of the Europa League and then a back five system that got us out, like, <laughs> out of that and, that.
0: And, and if I remember correctly, made you very angry, Jack. Yeah, it did <laughs> make me very yeah. angry. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I must say I'm like
1: not best pleased to see that this is the system we seem keen on using uh, next season. I think one of the things that it, we do need to be really clear about is what you said, that Kostic or no Kostic or Anana or no Anana those uh, recruitment's great but if you don't solve the tactical issues that were at, at clear as day with that back five system last season uh it doesn't matter who you put in there you're still going to have major major problems and like i said you don't want to pay too much attention to to pre-season but if the, if the last game is any evidence the tactical issues that 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 dogged that system last season were exactly the same in, in the launch game
0: it's it's, uh, it's, it's interesting it's because we've had a quite a short and kind of concise pre-season and that's probably not enough time to fix all the problems we had before with that system at the season's end anyway yeah
1: i, I think it's pretty clear the the reasons for doing it are pretty clear it's 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 more with it's allowing those those um sort of I don't know, it's, there's no real nice word for it, maybe half space crossing positions because we've struggled to to have the same productivity from the byline or from wide. Mm. So it's allowing those crossing positions that may be a little bit more withdrawn and, and, and central. The back three would potentially give us more opportunities to, to to create chances from those positions. I can understand the reasons for it. I can also understand the reasons to, to want to counter-press higher. Um, to, to execute a more intense press when possession turns over in the opposition half. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, the back three allows you to do that because you can commit the cent- the, the two lateral center backs higher, commit the wing backs really high. Uh, mm-hmm. and just leave one central midfielder, uh, deep as a screener. Uh, actually, Declan Rice is really good at that. Um, and you allow Thomas Suchuk to kind of buzz around and chase things and pick up pieces. Um, I get all the reasons for it. You know, if you want to go to a game where it really works, go and watch the, the Wolves game uh, from last season, Wolves, uh, where we beat them one nil. It was a, it was brilliant for us that day. Um, and the counter press was, was, was super, super effective. And the rotations um, in attacking areas were, were brilliant in terms of uh, unlocking Suchek uh, in a way that we just couldn't do uh, with the back four. We just struggled to, 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 create enough chances for him really for him to be effective um and with that back three particularly when Antonio plays as a striker his darting move to the left just unlocks this pass backwards to Cresswell where where suddenly Antonio's dragged the center back and Suchek can hit that back post space where he's up against the fullback um so there are all these reasons to do it the problem is and this is something that I wrote about on Analytics United and, and head to the site if you want to, if you want to uh, read this piece. But the, the, the midfield gets stretched far too much in, in that system. And when we're not counter pressing, uh, when we're, when we're trying to execute a press against a team playing out from a goal kick or something like that, when it's mm. that set possession in the back line, especially when it involves the keeper, we really struggle against teams that involve their keeper in build up is that they always have an extra man and what often ends up happening um, in this system is that uh, the striker is unable to cover all of the options that the central centre-back has to pass to so the wide forwards end up being isolated where they have to cover two different options so if it's an opposition wing back and the lateral centre-back they can't cover both They can't discourage both the pass to the wing back and the the Mm. lateral centre-backs. They have to commit to one or get stuck in the middle. And then what often happens then as a result of that is one of the midfielders has to drift really aggressively to uh, the near side of the pitch or the far side of the pitch, depending on the situation, to cover that space. So, for example, if the wide forward goes and presses the lateral centre-back, then the wing back needs to be covered by Declan Rice or Thomas Suchek. They have to drift really aggressively out to that side. Yeah. The, the big problem we've had with this system, and it was very obvious against Genk the first time we saw it and uh, was a huge frustration then and a huge frustration again against Frankfurt, is the gap in the middle is huge. Yeah. As soon as that drift happens, you're leaving one midfielder having to cover about 80% of the middle of the pitch alone Um, and it can be very easy for a central centre-back to just pass the ball straight through the middle of the pitch to a striker uh, which we've seen several times with this system or what can also happen and we saw in the Frankfurt game which we commented on after that um, and and had happened in in several other games as well it wasn't just Crestwell that got exposed by this Dawson for example got exposed um, and gave away the penalty against Southampton in the FA Cup that got us knocked out of, of of that tournament was that the striker, the opposition striker drops in, drags the centre-back with them and then one of the lateral forwards, um, one of the wide forwards on the opposition side attacks the space That's, and we yeah. don't have the the speed in those areas. Someone like Cresswell doesn't have the speed to cover in behind and, and a, a player really far back, you know, you can look at the centre-back or, or a defensive midfielder can just ping a ball all the way over the top and it undoes the whole team in, in, in one pass. And that, has to be resolved, regardless of, of of who you put in in the system. We have mm-hmm. to find the better way of stopping those situations. Because with the with that system, we have been exposed far too many times with straight balls that either go all the way over the top into a runner that ends up just one on one with the keeper, or all the way through into the striker flat to feet, who can then bounce the ball backwards and they've beaten, they've taken the first three players out of the game. Your front three and the three four three are gone.
0: Right to end, we'll do a. We don't usually do Premier League wide, but we'll do a little bit of a Premier League wide. Um, Who you think will be the surprise package of the season, and in the reverse, the uh, the big flop of the season? Um, I've had this question in my mind to ask both of you for about half an hour, and I don't have an answer yet. So, if anyone has an answer, feel free to give me time to think. Go on, Carl.
2: Okay, I think it's it's really tricky because of. All the transfers that have been done like we said everyone's really bolstered their squads quite dramatically i mean if we're looking at the top end of the table i've actually been really impressed with what arsenal have done this summer mm-hmm. i think gabriel jesus comes in and and solves a massive problem for them uh, they've looked electric in pre-season and i know we keep saying don't pay too much attention to pre-season but Beating a fairly full-strength, severe side six nil is is not easy, as we've seen ourselves <laughs> last season. Um, I think Saka and the link up with Jesus has looked mad. Uh, I think they're yeah, they just look set to to go on. I think the arrival of Saliba, if he gets some game time, could be really good as another progressive centre back added to a department that already features Ben White and Gabriel and Tommy Asu can play there if they decide to play three centre backs. And they brought in Zinchenko, who I think is seriously good player probably wasn't right for us. I think I spoke quite quite vocally about that. I don't think when we were looking at bringing him as a left-back, I don't think that was the right idea. But I think for Arsenal, who tend to play inverted fullbacks who come in and basically become an auxiliary central midfielder, I think his distribution in that area of the pitch w- will be amazing. And I think just the depth as well to have the likes of Martinelli and Smithrow, who you can also bring in. Mm. Odegaard's just been named captain. I think he's a brilliant player. So I think, yeah, I'd be, I'd be really positive if I was an Arsenal fan. Uh, this summer, in terms of underachievers, I think um, I think I, I I want them to do well, but I worry for Leeds. I I really like Jesse Marsh. I really like a lot of the mm-hmm. recruitment they've done. I think coming from a, a data point of view, all, uh, all these players that they've signed have been on my shortlist for ages. I, I think the reason I've um, been reluctant to suggest them necessarily is because I think I've not seen enough from them uh, in in high leagues at high levels. I think it's a big risk to basically build. Your entire spine on a bunch of players that have never played in the Premier League before, when you barely stayed in the league the season prior. I think the on the flip, on the other side of that is that a lot of their hope is in youth as well. There's a lot of pressure in pre-season that's been put on Gail Hart's shoulders. I think Leeds fans have put a really high bar for him. I think he is a great player, but I think the expectation should be lowered. I think across the whole squad, but also on players like that. And I, I do think they have high ceilings, but and I know that Jesse Marsh coming through the Red Bull model puts a lot of trust in youth and I think there's there's yeah it's it's fair to expect but I think just just lower your expectations of it I think the sort of oh we're aiming for mid-table we've brought in all these brilliant players I think aim to stay in the league again (laughs) and and hope that Marsh can get us get a tune out of them because he also plays a brand of football that is inherently dangerous (laughs) like it's 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 a very attacking but also if it doesn't work if the players don't take to it then then you can be very heavily exposed so i think i i, I hope it works because as a data guy i love the red bull model i think the marsh project is really fun i i really like what Leeds have done the past few years i think the signings are great but there's just a lot to be concerned about i think
0: how about you jack
1: um i think much like cal arsenal very exciting great recruitment i think they've looked absolutely brilliant in pre-season. I think just the, as he's had a lot of criticism, Arteta, but the steady improvement whilst remodeling that squad mm. over um, a long period. I mean, he has literally had to pretty much cut all of the squad as it was before and replaced nearly everyone mm. really impressed with everything they've done. They're in a very, very good position um, to execute Arteta's um, style, uh, this season and and be effective at it. I think one of the big things they had to resolve was that striker issue. They just haven't had someone in there who's capable of being a threat in the box and also rotating positions with the wide players and dropping in and linking play. They've had one of those things. So they had the, the being able to move wide with Aubameyang and being able to link play with Lacazette, but they just never had someone who could combine all of those attributes. and and Jesus definitely does that. So Arsenal, very excited about, I think they're going to have a very good season. I would be very disappointed if they didn't, they're, they're, they're set now. This should be their season yeah. to really challenge. Um, I also think, I think people have forgotten a little bit about Leicester and if they um, keep hold of Fafana, I know there's some questions over that at the moment, but um if they do manage to keep hold of Fafana and, and Telemans with players coming back to fitness that they missed last season, you know, Fafana was out for long stretches. James Justin, really promising player before his injury, uh, should be back. I think Leicester could be very well positioned to have a, have a good season and, uh, and challenge for that top, top seven, um, area. Uh, and then underachievers, there, there's actually quite a lot. I think Leeds, much like Carl said, I do really worry about Leeds fallbacks. fullbacks um i think they they're, they're going to be junior furpo is a worse left back than aframus walker yeah i'm not not particularly keen on junior furpo i think rasmus christensen's an interesting buy but i don't really I wouldn't put loads of, uh, hope in him. Um, and I, I think ailing towards the end of last season was uh, just a disaster. So I, I really worry about them at the back, uh, despite all of the, 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 the flashy new signings. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll be concerned about them. Wolves, I think everyone knows look like they're in trouble, uh, going into the new season. Incredibly disappointed in Fulham. Uh, just just beyond let down with what they've done Had to come up three times and to make the same mistakes three times uh, is just unforgivable and actually I was reading today uh, Archie, Archie Ryan Tutt talking about it and Fulham fans just generally talking about it. I wouldn't be surprised if Marco Silva goes early and it's a resignation uh, because it's just it's ridiculous what they've done there in terms of not he he's spoke today in, in a press conference to say anyone who knows anything about football knows that we're nowhere near being competitive in the Premier League <laughs> Those are the words statement. of a manager that has no interest in what his director of football is doing or what his owner is doing. So uh, desperately let down by Fulham. Uh, Bournemouth look shocking in terms of the, the squad depth going into the new season. Parker looks interested in trying this 5 3 I don't think they've got the personnel for it at all. Um, I think he gets exposed tactically at this level as well. Um, so not... Uh, particularly keen on them. And then Villa would be my last shout as well as potential underachievers. I think they've brought loads of exciting players in. They look really good on, on, on paper. I don't rate Gerard. Um, and I think too many of those players are, uh, names. How should I put it? Mm, you know, people, yeah. you know, you've heard of them. It's, it feels a very West Ham Pellegrini to me. Villa it feels very West Ham Pellegrini
0: it's interesting cause I'm, str- I, I, I'm surprised I'm struggling to think of th- teams that I think will do well I mean they're all going to finish in the bottom three um, I think uh, to be fair Arsenal look exciting I think Conte looks like he's building a one all year two one or two year team, so they could be uh, very good. Um, I don't, I don't know actually if I think anyone else. I mean, Newcastle are probably going to have a good year. I think they've actually they've done well not to overbuy, if anything, which is a weird thing to say considering what people expected. And actually, I, I'm quite excited to see how um I don't know how to say his name, Dennis Undav, does at Brighton, who I think has potential to be something. And if he's any better than Morpay at scoring goals, but can still do the link play. That should get them, you know, five to ten extra points. They uh, have to keep Kukurea, though. They yeah. have to keep
1: Kukurea.
0: But the only thing about Brighton is, I would trust that they've probably got a list of people they think they can replace him with, which at the very least is ahead of maybe fifty to eighty percent of the teams in the league.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, but that's that's just silly, really, because it's such an obvious thing to do. On the flip side, I'm actually negative about Leicester. I'm slightly worried that the mentality that they had hasn't got, won't have gone away by a manager who seemed, looked like he was quite happy to tell them, I'll sell any of you if you don't please me, then hasn't really been able to move his pieces as much as he'd like. They I'm slightly. Yeah.
2: They can't I'm, buy, can they? Yeah, there's something going
0: on out. there. There's something going on with money and stuff. And there seems, everyone seems available, which I don't think can do good for your team if you're looking around thinking, I might go and, Ed, or he might go or he might go. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers might have hit a bit of a patch where he's going to. Maybe he's peaked with them, and there's something going on there. I
1: think part of me thinks it could go horribly wrong or go very well. You could end yeah. up with the whole team playing for transfers, and then they just play out their skins um, because or they're the all whole team thinking
0: we're young, we'll all get bored. I'll be fine, and if they all yeah. think I'll be fine. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't really think. I mean, Everton seem like an obvious one to me, but that I, I don't. They look like they're going to, for, aiming for seventeenth with their buys. And I, I don't think Frank Lampard's much better than 17th as a manager anyway. I think he's the worst manager in the league, but that might be some unconscious and very conscious bias in a, in, in that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I, I kind of agree with all the things you said, Bree. I'm interested to watch Forrest, but I'm never really a massive fan of buying every player you want to buy and just continuously buying every player over and over again. Um, they had yeah.
1: to do that though, didn't they? That was the they thing with to, had They to, had I have to. It's just a, it. a
0: slight worry. I think Lingard, to be fair, Lingard, behind Brennan Johnson. And I really like Teiru, Iwan Nia. Um, it could be very fascinating to watch those three. Uh, they'll scare people. They'll win games with those three, which could keep them Absolutely. up. We've talked about all the teams in the Premier League and you've just launched Analytics United as a pair, um, covering all the teams, but not the top six, I believe, basically. Um, so that's the place to go, isn't it? If people want to kind of really get into depth with these uh, these issues.
1: Yeah. If you want in-depth coverage of, of, of all um non-top six teams um then yeah we're we're hoping to to produce uh sort of that granular level of detail on everyone um going forward Um, we've got a really exciting group of writers working together um over the course of next season and uh i know everyone here is you know listens for west ham so you know cal and i will be will be posting post-match thoughts uh transfer recommendations cal's got loads of scouting that he's working on and and dashboards and all, all of that that will all be going out on on the analytics united site and if you want um the, the the highest level of of analysis and 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 to catch us sort of like post-match every week um then then set up a membership with us uh, an au gold membership it's literally a pound a match four pounds a month um and you'll you'll get articles and podcasts and everything every single
0: week brilliant um I can't see any reason not to. And and as for us, we're looking at kind of maybe two to two, maybe two a month, maybe 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 three if you're really really lucky. Maybe one if it's been a quite boring month. Basically, we've got. Well, I've 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 now we've all got lives and more jobs to do. Basically, haven't we? Precisely. And also, yeah. I think we just want the opportunity to look
1: at the trends a little bit more. Yeah, I think last at the season we, we are... found ourselves having to yeah. kind of focus so much on match to match, and we didn't get enough time really to focus on the, the wider tactical trends or the wider data trends. Mm-hmm. And I think we just want to take a little bit of a, a, a of a slightly more withdrawn view to be able to say, over the course of this month, we've seen these things, or over the course of the last three games, we've seen these things. Um, yeah
0: yeah and it's good because we, we we left a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor kind of last year when we weren 't sure it was actually necessary for that week, or we then pinpointed something that we thought might be developing, and actually the trend would change by next week so at least it kind of gives us the chance to actually have full evidence and kind of weeks of preparation and looking at what's going on to where it would take us as well so it should should add value even if it, uh, kind of quality over quantity i suggest that's exactly
1: that. what we 're going for yeah
0: um well, as we are a few days out for the season, uh enjoy the return of. Premier League football we will be back within a few weeks I'm sure we'll be back probably a little bit tighter as the transfer window ends we do yeah. kind of have a bit of a focus on those things but until next time we look forward to seeing you again goodbye
2: right so we're here in the offices of a
1: Late Late Show with the host of a Late Late Show James Corden hi big West Ham fan
2: yes <laughs> big knees up Mother Brown man yeah yeah I'm regularly on the general discussion page Always, someone's got some information so I love it yeah, yeah. it's great yes it's excitement exciting. surrounded by
1: imminent disappointment <laughs> that's what it that's what it mostly is get on the forum at KUMB.com come on your irons